everyone, it's Nelly here. How are you doing? This podcast has been recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. A couple of quick things. The Dear Nelly Live tickets are on sale and flying out the door. I'll be appearing at the Brunswick Ballroom live and in the flesh with Cal Wilson, Scott Brennan and Harley Breen. We'll be doing a hilarious DNLE game show, followed by a bit more of a deep dive DNM style second half. Light and shade, light and shade. And for those of you following along, you might just get to see finger food. If you know, you know. So look, the live show is on Saturday, April 1st as part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It's at the Brunswick Ballroom and it is presented by Comedy Republic. It's a matinee. I'm not stupid. Come for a delicious lunch and photos with me if you're so inclined at 12.30 and then the show is from 2pm to 4pm. To book tickets, go to NellieThomas.com. There's links in the show notes. Now, finally, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shits. So off you go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi everyone. Today's co-host is radio and TV personality, the one and only Joe Stanley. Joe and I discuss the highs and lows of her long-term marriage. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. And we get into a really great, frank and fearless conversation about alcoholism and its effects on relationships. We talk about parents and parenting and how you can't always please them. And we take some listener calls on lingerie and the amount of free time that some men seem to have. Last but not least, we have a very funny chat about beards and pubes and how Joe has concerns about both. Look, sit back and enjoy this episode with the one and only Joe Stanley. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear so I'm hoping we can talk it through Welcome to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. And we are joined today by my very, very special co-host, the wonderful Joe Stanley. You are a comedian originally. Mm-hmm. You are a very well-known broadcaster. You are a TV personality. Oh, darling. <laughs> and now I would say we have to add entrepreneur. Yes. Right? Because you're, you're a startup founder. Mm. Would you like to start by telling us a little bit about that? Oh, well, I must give it a plug. Please. And I'd be nowhere with broad radio without you, dear Nelly. Oh, it's I true. love broad radio. So broad as in broads. Yes. Sheilas. Yes. Yes. So why chicks? What's wrong with men, Joe? Oh, I love men. And I genuinely do love <laughs> I men. Know you do. But having worked in radio for 20 years, two breakfast radio shows, been around the traps, as they say. Yeah. Um, but left radio, breakfast radio, in 2017 and had the benefit of looking back into an industry that I love and a medium that I love mm. and knowing what difference it can make to a person, particularly a woman's day. Mm. Um, but had that outside perspective and looked back and went, Oh, hang on a minute. Mm. Uh, where's 
the radio for women over 35 mm. and women who are in a different life stage to, oh, I want to know what the Kardashians are doing, mm. right? I mean, side note, I still do, but oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. There's yes. absolutely a place for that kind of radio. Yeah. I mean, it was my bread and butter for yeah. 12 years, right? No, I get- <laughs> but I uh, looked back and then, okay, so there's no radio, there's no triple M for chicks. Yeah. Totally. And it is whether, you know, and hashtag not your fault, whatever the fuck, but it's a sausage fest, whichever way 100%. you look at it. And when, you, when I started looking into the data, which now is repeatedly reported, thankfully, but back in 2017 it kind of wasn't mm. as much, but the data was that of the voices you hear on radio, only 27% are mm. female. If you are over 40, if you are hearing a voice that is over 40 on mm. radio, 90% of them are men. Mm. And off air, it's exactly the same. Mm. And so there's a massive problem there in that you're controlling the narrative of a society. Mm. That's what the media does. And well, so we're not actually getting an accurate picture of society. Of course not. And I think even within that, even within those stats, I mean, I've got much more limited commercial radio experience than you, but my experience in that field was my job was literally to be there and laugh at the boys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so even if you are given the microphone, you're given particular roles to play. Mm. And you can sometimes break out of those roles. I think you did break mm. out of that role, but fuck me, it's hard. Yeah. And a lot of people can't. And a lot of, you know, in your twenties, when you're young, which is when a lot of women get put on commercial mm. radio. You don't have the confidence to challenge those systems. No, and I meet women like every week who in their 20s were following their dream job in radio, did the going to regional stations, worked with content directors who were misogynist assholes, Mm. really abusive situations really, emotionally and and gaslighting and all Mm. of that and ended up leaving the industry because it was so upsetting and damaging to them and that breaks my heart. These are Mm. women whose voices were important and are important still, you know. So um, So you create broad radio. Yeah, broad radio is a radio network for women by women. Uh, It will be an app. We're creating the app at the moment. Mm. will be released this year. So it's live radio. As we know it, so as I say, triple M for chicks, but with yeah. a bit like you know, talking in depth things. Yeah, for sure. Because we're we're mature women now, right? Yeah, and we've uh, got firm opinions on a range of subjects. Oh, that's right, dolls, and also <laughs> it's internet radio, so we don't answer to anyone. We no, do that's what right. we like. That's right, right. and you great. don't have that bloody on air check after mm. with someone telling, you, "Oh, your voice went a bit high there," and yeah. you did, "Oh, whatever." Yeah. The fuck. when you laughed, it was a little shrieky. Yeah. <laughs> And you and Joe, you sound exactly the same. Sound the same. Oh, really? Hamish and Andy? Mm, Sound the same. The five guys on Triple M every time I turn on. Who the fuck are these people? I know. So we always start the podcast by asking about your relationship history. And obviously you can share as little or as much Mm. as you like. If we can start in the present day, you're a married lady. I know. I feel like... um, Am I the right person for this podcast? 100%. 100%. Like, I feel like yeah. your listeners who are tuning in to learn and have fun and be inspired and, you know, to kind of feel like they're not alone in the dating after 40, right, are going to be going, why the fuck do I want to listen to this chick who's do been you know married why? for 23 years? Because you're missing two other words, right. sex and relationships. Okay. Right? So I really do try and have a variety of co-hosts on. Some have been... You know, beautiful Wes Snelling, our mutual friend. He's been single for 23 years. Mm. You know, you've been married for 23 years. I have people who are dating. I have people at all different okay, good. sort of life stages. My and you have dated. I did date. Right? I did. I'm yes. hoping you've had sex at some point <laughs> in the last 12 months. We'll yes. get on to that. Right? <laughs> so you're ma- you've been married for 23 years. Yes, married for 23 years to Dr. Daz um, and together for – 25 years so that's uh on paper pretty i guess conservative sounding i suppose this is so interesting (laughs) joe i have to like interject at this point because every time i have a co-host on 
regardless, this is what I'm noticing, regardless of their relationship status, they apologise for it. <laughs> right? So if they've been long-term single, it's like, oh, I know that sounds like I'm desperate. No, it doesn't. It sounds like you've been long-term yeah. married. I oh, know that sounds like very vanilla. No, it sounds like you've been married for 20, well, whatever, yeah. 23 yeah. years. So and you're 50. Yeah. I am 50, yes. So you, you got married or you started this relationship when you are 25. 25, yes. Yeah. So, which I say to my daughter, way too young. So she's about yeah. to turn 14 and I wish for her, a, you know, a life of more exploration of herself, yeah. Yeah. right? And I say too young because I didn't know who I was at 25. Oh, shit, no. And nor did Daz. Yeah. It's just fortunate that as we changed and grew as people, both of us looked at each other and went, oh, that's a surprise. Oh, well. I'm on. I'm. I'm on the ride with you. Yeah, you know, we evolved together. We evolved together. It's mm. not been easy. We've had some really, really rough times, and certainly there were times when both of us probably thought, eh, maybe that's it. Mm. And in fact, there were. There was definitely a time where I said, "I will leave you." Mm. I don't know when that will be, mm. but if you continue this way, I will leave you. Wow. And he changed. And he so, changed. There you go. That's interesting because I think at this point in my life. I sort of think people don't change, but I'm in that sort of – I'm on the fence about it. Mm. I mean, pe- obviously we change all the time. We change every day. You mm. know, I'm not the same person I was at 25, neither are you. Yeah. But I mean in terms of the people who are listening who are dating, if you meet someone today um, who shows a behaviour you don't like, don't mm. think you'll love them out of it. Oh, I couldn't support that more. Yeah. But he, he was an alcoholic and I didn't realise that when I married him. Right. And because we fell in love over a bottle of vodka, like yeah, everyone of does in <laughs> 25, do. you know, yeah. we're living in St Kilda, yeah. we're going to the Prince and to the ESPY, yeah. doing stand-up yeah. and, yeah. you know, it was that party lifestyle. Mm. We kind of went, we lived behind the Prince of Wales, so we were at, at that club. It's fun. Literally every night, yeah. right? And if someone's 20s. functional. Oh, totally functional. You know, which most people, even if you are an alcoholic, most people can maintain that even well into their 30s. Mm. It's like as you get older that that shit starts to bite. Well, and it wasn't – and, you know, I don't it's, – it's his story to tell, so I don't yeah. really – I'm kind of wary about giving too much information. No, Not that he has any shame about it and yeah. I'm incredibly proud of yeah, him. good on him. Um, but it was more the fact that his drinking meant that we weren't connected. Of course. And, and for myself, there were plenty of behaviours I was doing that meant that we were not connected as well. Like mm. there were two of us in this scenario. Mm. So I don't ever suggest that, you know, that really difficult time was only because of him, his drinking. There no, were lots no. of things going on. Um, two to tango. Yeah, but as they say. Yes, I mean. Do you know, I saw one of my favourite episodes of Oprah, and I know you're an Oprah fan as well. Um, she had a couple who'd been married, can you believe this, for 70 years. Wow. And she had them on, obviously, because they'd been married for 70 mm. years. And she was talking to the wife and she said, um, you know, what's the secret, all that mm. sort of stuff. And the woman said, we were never out of love at the same time. Mm. And I must have seen that like early 90s. That's when I was watching Oprah. And I still remember it yeah. because I like the fact that it's not that schmaltzy romantic shit. Yeah. Of, you know, it's stars and moonlight and eye gazing and whatever for seven years. It's like, no, no, there were times when I, I was going to leave you. Yeah. There were times when I didn't even love you and there were times when you didn't love me and mm. da, da, da. But we managed some way through it. Mm. If your whole relationship's like that, not oh. great. <laughs> but, no. you know, and to I'll never have a rough patch is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I think... Um there are plenty of people who've been married for 23 years who shouldn't be. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, we talk about that all the time. And I also, yeah. I really want to emphasise that, you know, the numbers suggest that we're some kind of role model relationship mm. and we're just not. Mm. Like I want people to really understand that I'm not, mm. nothing I say. You're not smug married. Mate, I am not saying do it like we did. I'm not mm. saying we're incredibly successful at this. Mm. Um, we just really like each other. Yeah. And I, I, I probably – the term in love, it's sort of a – to me it's a – I'm not even sure I know what that means a lot of the time. Mm. I just really like him. I think he's mm. a really decent person. He makes me laugh. He's brilliant. Mm. Um, he's kind. And he, he um, is – like I see him be kind to other people. Mm. So I just – Really like that. And he's prepared to evolve. Very much so. I mean, I think that's a really huge thing. But a lot of the people that I, you know, of any gender, 
who ring in where the relationship has gone south, it is because one or both have not been prepared to do that. Yeah. Have not been prepared or been able, capable of evolving with each other. Well, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, not everybody can give up drinking. Yeah, that's right. He was able to look at our marriage and his daughter yeah. and so, say to himself, that's more important to me. Yeah. And just stopped. Good on you, Daz. Oh, mate. So take us back to little Joe. Was it like teenage Joe, you know, pre-Daz Joe, were you dating? What were, what were you like when you were dating relationships? What was your vibe? Well, were you like I... waiting by the phone? <laughs> I was uh, incredibly introverted, still am really. And um, my so I grew up with a single mum. Yep. Had no – and she never repartnered after my dad died. So I had no relationship modelling at Model. all. Yeah. Um, and also grew up in a Christian environment. Yeah. So incredibly conservative and was basically brainwashed to believe that, you know, sex only existed within marriage, marriage. and that there was a real shame around wanting to be sexual. There was shame around dating unless mm. you were certain this was a person you were going to marry. And <laughs> it was like a really... Mm. Uh, unhealthy way to grow up as a teenager to feel uh, quite conflicted because I, you know, your your instinct is to be accepted by your family because, of course, um, that's basically survival. And then also wanting to be who you feel mm. like maybe you are and explore like you normally do as a teenager, mm. like in a totally natural way. No, Joe, you're born with sin. You'll <laughs> die with it. And all the years in between will be full of shame and agony. Yes. And that's yes. the way. Do you know what blows my mind doing this podcast is like we are children of the 70s. We are post-sexual revolution. Mm. Apparently all this shit had changed. Well over, I would say two-thirds of the people who come in here and co-host have this exact story. This exact story. being Because, because of religion? Religion. I mean, Culture. in my case, I didn't have religion, but I still had the shame. Yeah, right. So you can have it oh. without it. But so a you're lot not even of going it, to heaven for it. No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't even get the perks. But you can have intergenerational At least I'm trauma. Saved, babe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, you'll take me with you. You'll get a hall pass. Um, but it actually the the amount of people who are, have gone of our age, and we're not that old. You know, like we're really not that old in in terms of this discussion. The amount of people who bring that, um, I was going to say baggage, that sounds very negative, those experiences from teenagehood and even growing up as little children into dating and then into marriage and then into this stage of life, it's, you know, we need to talk about it more. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think it, it's not just religion, it's it's your culture. Yep. Like I've spoken with a woman who's Greek-Australian and mm. just the impact of that for mm. her, like the shame that you carry with you because you want to be happy. Yeah, of course. You know, that's Who doesn't want to please their parents? Yeah. You know, on some basic level, like you said, there is a survival instinct and I can tell you as, you know, I'm that little queer kid who came out at like 19 and was rejected really, that's never left me. Mm. I don't yeah. think that will ever leave me. I'm okay, like mm. I'm, you know, happy and functional and all those sort of things, but you, every child wants their mum and dad to be proud of them. And I think you're intensely aware, as I was and still am, if you are othered, Oh. Because you don't fit with the siblings and the family structure. Oh, yes. So you know, and mm. I was always aware because I was not really following the Christian path in right. the way they wanted me to. Mm. As in because they, you were dating. Family. No, because I, you know, at 15 I was smoking and drinking and yeah, you know, my right. mum found out, which is, again, totally age appropriate. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's... It's not what adolescents do in the church, right? And yes. um, so I was also dealing, I guess, with wanting to be a cool as yeah. you do with your yeah. friendship group um, and they were all dating and so I wanted to kind of do that but I also wanted to have one foot in two camps, I suppose. Uh, and I mean one foot in each camp. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I have got it. two feet. Yeah. <laughs> You're wanting to be, which I think a lot of people relate to, on the one hand you're wanting to be like the good girl mm. and on the other hand you're being a fucking human. Yeah. 
who does normal human things at the age of 15. Yeah. For me, the, the comparable experience is being in a small town. So if you were caught having a bloody fag down at the, you know, local park, well, of course it's going to get back to your mum. But it's not like you're just, like, thinking I might try a cigarette. You're using heroin. You know what I mean? Like, it's bloody – it's zero to 100. I know. You I didn't pass a boy, yeah. you're pregnant. Yeah. You know, like, it's this extreme <laughs> shaming. Mm. Yeah. Rather, not that you shouldn't necessarily get told off, but it's a whole lot – shame's a different thing than being pulled up. Absolutely. Because there's a threat of rejection from the family, basically. Always. That, that's what is, is implied. Mm. So – I, at the same time, too, was kind of really sexual in that mm. I wanted to explore that part of myself. Um, I did, didn't really, but wanted to. I mean, I didn't really have the opportunity because it wasn't like I had boys knocking down the door for me. I remember with my best friend, who's still my best friend, Tanya, um, she and I bonded in year 11 about the fact that all of our friends had boyfriends and we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, why want a fucking boyfriend? Let me just ask about that, though, because you wouldn't describe yourself like this, but you're a good-looking roaster. Like, you must have had mm. – I imagine you would have been that girl at school who had lots of offers. No. Or were you shy? So shy. Right. So you weren't sort of gregarious enough to be in those no, dating no, circles? No, I, I kind of um, – you know, I was in the drama – like the school musical and I yeah. hung out with my friend. So all of the boys I knew were because my friend Sophie's older brother, He all of his friends were our friends. Yeah. So I kind of hung out with them and, you know, I was in this, that circle but I could not see my worth. Yeah. Absolutely not. And oh, I remember, I, to be honest, and this might sound really weird, we'll cut this out later if I feel good about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember being at university and someone, like, just there being a like a light going on in my head when I've gone, oh, they think I'm good looking. Oh, hard like, relate. Like fucking blew yeah. my mind. No, that's not weird. I well, could, unless I I'm also weird. It. I couldn't yes. understand it. Yes. I was like, what? Yes. And it, then it took another sort of, so that was maybe 21, mm. took another probably 10 years for me to really understand that. Mm. If you knew now all the things you know back then, mm. what would you do differently? You wish you knew that having desire was okay. Yeah. That it I, wasn't dirty. It wasn't dirty. It yeah. wasn't shameful. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I did date. Like I did have quite a lot of, you know, random sex and it was mm. awesome and mm. I loved that part of me. Mm. But I was always consumed with shame, and I always thought that it was not a, it was not okay. Mm. And I, I, you know, to be fair too, I was shamed by my girlfriends. Mm. Oh yeah, culturally, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. It's not just parents; mm. it's not just family. But if you shame your children, if you shame young people about sex, I think two things can happen: one, they're having actually good sexual experiences, but then feeling shameful and dirty about it, mm. or perhaps even worse, they're so full of shame that they seek out. Yeah. Um, damaging and negative sexual experiences that confirm their own self-hatred. Mm. And both of those things are fucking abuse. Right? We have to break this cycle. And I think actually talking about no one would expect, to be frank, I'm not trying to up myself, but, you know, or you, but no one would expect two confident women like us who are relatively successful and happy to talk about sex and relationships to say, you know what, I would have dated anyone when I was 20 who turned around and said, you're pretty. <laughs> but that is actually the truth. And we need to, like, air this shit out so we don't repeat it. Well, I mean, I'm just really glad that I've sort of got to this point and in time for my 14-year-old daughter. Mm, that's right. Me too. Me because too for my kids, yeah. Honestly, and she's a, she's an incredibly emotionally intelligent person. Mm. But, of course, she needs guidance of course. to have a ha healthy, happy relationship yeah. life. Yeah. And I just want her to know whatever you do mm. is fucking fine. Yeah, that's right. And mum will be here. Yes. And there's no shame. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you do. I will yeah. never, ever judge you. I will never reject you. Yeah. This is a home for you for the rest of your life. Poor thing. She's like, you're never going to leave me, are you, mum? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so oh, I say to my kids all the time. My <laughs> older one wants to go to um, 
South Korea for a gap year. She's only 15. Mm. She's just like thinking, well, and I'm like, yeah, no worries. I can do that. It's so true. I'll teach English. It'll be fine. It's that attachment parenting that you kind of felt. I fell into that. I didn't ever go, I'm going to be an attachment parent. But I just fell into it because I didn't know any other way. And um, she's like, I'm like, babe, when you have a baby, um, I'm going to be here (laughs) every day. I was like, I said, I might just take the child off for like three days. Is that okay? She's like, well, anyone else, that would be kidnapping. Yeah. Oh, my God, she'll appreciate that if that ever happens. I know. But do you know what? This actually rolls, I think, very neatly into the next segment. So I try and do a culture chat. And one of the things I wanted to talk about with you, even though I know you're not dating, I think it's very relevant to the discussion we're having, is a concept called negging. Mm. Right? So what? tell me what you know about negging. Virtually nothing. Okay. What's If, if you had to guess, what would you say it is? Is it in the dating context? It's in. It's a behaviour. Mm. If I'm like, I negged Joe, what do you think I'd be doing? Well, I mean, it has to be short for negative. Yes, it's is got it? a negative connotation, <laughs> yes. Um, I negged Joe is to, I mean, make you feel shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So in general terms. But deliberately I, make you feel shit. Well, this is where it gets interesting. So there was a book that I'm not going to name because I don't want anyone to look it up. There was a book some years ago and it was about basically how to, I would say, manipulate, like teaching young men how to get chicks. Okay. And one of the concepts that the guy um, promoted was negging. And his idea, which, you know, you'll love this show, his idea is that you've got to treat a man and keep them cane. Oh, yeah. Right? right? So you can't have them being too full of self-esteem because oh, they'll no. have expectations of you. So let's say you and I go on a date and I go, that's, you know, not many women can carry off that hairstyle, Joe. Mm. But, it, it, you know, on you, it's, it's pretty good, mm. right? So you, it's not an outright insult, negging wouldn't be going joe i hate your short hair yeah you should grow it it's not feminine like he's not that stupid <laughs> it's more manipulative like i need to keep you in your place and let your not you let you know you're not as hot as you could be right but i'll do it in such a way that it confuses you yeah so it's that moment where you go oh i feel weird about that but i don't even know why correct mm. so an, a classic example i'm sure you've had this I don't usually find women funny, but you're really funny. Mm. Or you're not usually my type. You're not usually my type, but you know, somehow you've really, yeah, yeah, you've got me over the you've line. You've got me but, under, but, you've got you under know, my skin somehow. Yeah, yeah, but that's putting you on edge. Like, don't be comfortable. Correct. Because you're not my type. Correct. And at any point I'll decide that I'm done because you're not my type. You yeah, know? and I will do any time you display, like I remember being on a date, this was actually with a woman, um, lest we think that only men do this, mm. And um, I wouldn't normally do this. This sounds so up myself, but she'd ask for an example of my work, you know, because mm. obviously I don't do stand-up anymore so she couldn't come to a show. Whatever. So I sent her a thing I did on Radio National. <laughs> I said to her, "How? Uh, what would you think? You know, like just in conversation. And she said, well, it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're obviously very smart, but it wasn't funny. I'm like, huh. it wasn't intended to be funny. Like it was a documentary on Radio National. But anyway... Looking back on it, I didn't know what negging was then, but I look at it now and I kind of go, ah, oh, it's a kind of don't get too big for your boots. Mm. I've asked you for that, but don't get too up yourself. Yeah. I mean, we've talked before, you and I, often about how Australians don't like you to be up yourself. Correct. Right. But this is a, this is a different version. This is a, a deliberate manipulation of your self-esteem. So that I can control you in this and have the upper hand. This is where I think it, as I said, alluded to earlier, I think where it gets tricky, I think the people, many people who do this don't know they're doing it or they're not conscious of doing it, as often happens with controlling behaviours. You know, they just, I'm just, I was only joking. Mm. They themselves feel like shit and they're basically trying to reduce you to their level of self-esteem the hard thing is the calling out and how so often hard. i mean it's the kind of really subtle behavior that if you are a nigger mm. is that the term but it is now <laughs> yeah which really is distracting me because i keep thinking of pegging yeah 
Possibly more enjoyable. Can't speak from experience, I but mean, at least you're not trying to harm somebody. Like, <laughs> Look, who knows? There might be nigging peggers out there. there. I'm sure there is. Our next segment is Armchair Expert, where I put to you some ideas from the ether. Okay. Right? Usually from social media and just gauge your reaction. Now, I can't attribute this one. Um, I'm sorry, I'll have to put it in the show notes because the writing's too small. <laughs> well, that's just rude. <laughs> but Don't I they know it. that we have tired eyes? I, know. I saw it on Facebook <laughs> and it resonated for me. Um, probably mainly because I've had a bit of a rough week, I'll be honest. Oh, I'm sorry, love. And, it, you know, we have them. It yeah. just it hit me. It says, I'm proud of the woman I am today because I went through one hell of a time becoming her. Oh, preach it, sister. Hey? Oh, so true. How does that land with you? Well, actually, really relevant in that I have declared 2023 my year of self-love. I know. Right. I love that. I love that. And and uh, you don't mean the kind of self love that the rude bitches listening to this will be thinking. Although that I mean, I'm mad for masturbation. I'm mad for rubbing one out. <laughs> Jesus. But you, you mean, I mean in I was, general? I was annoyed. I had to put my hand away to come here. <laughs> frankly, I mean, she's buzzing. Everybody, she's buzzing. Um. So what does that mean for you? Well, it means that. I'm catching myself every time I fall into the space of self-criticism. Yes. Which can be quite sneaky. Oh, indeed. You know, it, it, it sort of can really sneak into your thought process when you're not even aware of it. Like, for instance, um, recently I've really struggled with the passage of time mm. and how you just don't get the things done that you want to – and so then I, you know, start to really fret about time. So you don't mean turning 50, you mean like within a week – Oh, yeah, just like the I days got go enough done. and I yeah. have so much to do as a startup founder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so important. Um, so my list, I didn't take everything The list, off. the list, the yeah, list yeah, just yeah. goes and goes. Like it just sits there and grows and grows and grows and the days just disappear and this this really, really stresses me out. I have to mm. – I meditate every day and it's one of the things that just mm. – I try to calm myself around that. But that's a version of not self-love because Correct. I criticise myself. You didn't get that list done and then I'm, I'm in deficit. Yep, all the time. Full acceptance mm. of I'm di- I did my best today. Correct. I, I'm awesome. Look how far I've come. But also I'm- look at what you do get achieved. Like the focus, funny, one of our listeners wrote to me this week and I ended up posting on our social media because I thought she's so right. Why do we say in this context, for example, oh, I'm divorced and single? Mm. Why don't we say, oh, yeah, I'm independently owned and operated? Yeah. Love it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she, that actually wasn't her words, but you know what I mean? That yeah. kind of – like why do we, we – this deficit model, we don't do that to our kids. Mm. These are the things you aren't. Well, some people do. Some people do. You and I don't. <laughs> no, like never. these are the things you are. Yeah. These are the things that I love about you. These are the things you achieve. And yet to yourself – Yeah, we're, we're just in this scarcity state. Or- Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact – you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Yeah. Time rather than abundance and, and total acceptance. And so when you read that quote to me, I'm like, it really relates to one of the mantras that I'm continually saying is, I am awesome and look how far I've come. Yeah, but now I'm going to hit you with a tweet from Julian. Put your Jul- glasses on, doll. Julian Norm Minor. <laughs> Juliana W. Minor. Anyway, you can okay. look her up. Okay. Planning a girl's night in your 40s. What is the cheese situation? Are we wearing outside clothes? I'm not cleaning for you. Please accept that as a sign of my love. Really looking forward to it. Also, I'm leaving at nine. (laughs) Am I right? I love it too, but I got confused by this in that she says, I'm not cleaning for you and I'm leaving at nine. I'm like, is it your house or someone else's? When you say you're not cleaning for you, does that mean I'm not actually washing? I don't think it has to be all of the dot points in the same night. I got confused by that. I'm a bit literal at times, but yeah, yeah no, I love it. It is so accurate. 
I mean, my house is just horrific right now because we're decluttering and renovating and like it's just a nightmare, right? And uh, I'm just like I'm banning people from coming to our house. Right. Because I can't – and my friend, my best friend Tanya, second call out to her. Yeah. She taught me this saying, nothing cleans like company. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Which is so true. In, the, in, oh. in our house, the only time the house looks immaculate is because yeah. people are coming over, right? Yeah. But because just we can't at the moment. We cannot possibly clean. Yeah. Um, and so on Thursday night I, I met a friend just around the corner and he's like a soulmate. And I said to him after we went and saw a movie, I said afterwards, look, um, okay, you can you can come back to my house, but I'm just really embarrassed. Yeah. He's like You front footed it. He says, I we've been like the best of friends for twenty like I met him before Daz. Yeah. Why why would I care? And I'm like, yeah. I just I can't help but care. And it's so <laughs> stupid. Who fucking cares? Well, because that little reptilian brain or that little Joe, like there's somewhere some in your past, where that's become that was an issue. Oh well, my mum basically um, the panic she has right. around people thinking her house might be dirty might be dirty. So for me, it's time, right? It'll be like I've got to be fifteen minutes, even half an hour early everywhere because mm. we would get the prospector to Perth, and if we weren't there half an hour early, it was like we were late and we we're going to miss the train. <laughs> and I cannot shake it. I'm a bit the same. Like this from a little kid, I can't shake it. Now I've just accepted that. I've done enough work on other shit. I'm just accepting my yeah, time Yeah, some anxiety. things you just go, uh, Just clean your fucking house. It's fine. Yeah. Some, you things, know? <laughs> some things you just go, that's a funny quirk that isn't I have, it? isn't it? <laughs> I'm just oh. going to just die with that quirk. I yeah. don't care. Look, you can't yeah. work on everything all the time. Yeah. But to girls' nights in, yeah. I mean, are they love. not the, the best? But I also love, to me, what that speaks to is the is the dropping, ironically, given what we just talked about, the dropping of facade. Yeah. You know, you get to that point by our age, hopefully, where you can say to your friends, like, I'm sorry, mate, I don't stay up. I'm going. Mm. Like, I'm, you know, I'm in bed by 9.30. Yeah. You know, or, yeah, look, the house is filthy. You can come if you want. You know, I haven't got any food. Pick up a camembert on the way over. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is. Like, you stop that pretense. Yeah. Are you ready for some listener calls? Yes, please. Love it. Dear Nelly, when the woman you are dating is just going to rip off your bra and knickers, probably in the dark, is there literally any point in sexual lingerie and who are you doing it for anyway? So, Joe, obviously this lady is dating another lady mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's even relevant in this no, situation. No. Um, lingerie, what do you think? Thoughts? Well, I, I, I mean, I'm... My sphincter's tightening. <laughs> You're Why? sitting in your boiler suit. My yeah. sphincter's tightening. Why? I just... The whole concept of dressing up for, like, putting on a show makes me uncomfortable. Oh, okay. I hadn't seen it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm owning that that's a weird reaction. I mean... Full disclosure, as a person who's been married for 23 years, I do not put any thought into lingerie because <laughs> why the fuck would I? So not even a Valentine's no, Day? No, no. You're not putting sh- some red undies thing. on <laughs> <laughs> on Christmas Day? No. You're not getting Santa baby? No, I'm not. And I know he does every now and then will make a comment like, oh, would it be too much to replace those undies? Because <laughs> they're like very old and grey and, you know, the worst. Like, and, But I'm like... It's expensive and sure. I've got other things to spend money on. <laughs> Sorry. That's largely why I don't have nice Did you lingerie. in the beginning? Were you a lingerie person? Not, not really. But no. I would, I've always wished I could be. And I've tried. I've dabbled. Tell I've me. gone and bought the, you know, the kind of sexy uh, bra and knickers that match and I've tried. <laughs> I've tried with sort of uh, a negligee. Can I just say the funniest thing you've said in this whole podcast is that match, as though <laughs> yeah. th- that, that's the sexy <laughs> bit. It's like grey Bonds t-shirt and undies and they match. What? Come in, that's spinner. That's hard. That's hard to coordinate. You're I'm your thinking laundry. you're in like a nurse outfit. Like I'm I'm going to like lingerie role play. You've okay, got a I love a bit of role play. You've got, you know. 
Did we do that sort of role play stuff? I guess, yeah, we would have done that earlier on, I suppose. <laughs> but, 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 what did you say? Now we're a sure thing. Now we're a sure thing. Oh, and to be honest, when you've got a 14-year-old daughter who lives in like her bedroom is yeah. t- two metres from yeah. your own. Yeah. Oh, my God. Kids, they kill Giant it. Giant cock blocker. <laughs> so, huge. So, huge. So I, you know, we're just happy to have ten minutes to yeah. ourselves and we, we can at least one of us orgasm, you know, and not yeah. on our own. <laughs> like that. that is our soul. Hang on. I'll take it's a sure thing. All I need is ten minutes and one person to have an orgasm. And we're not alone. Welcome to yeah. marriage. Yeah. <laughs> no, welcome to parenthood. Welcome to parenthood. That's not marriage, yeah, that's true, parenthood. True. True, true. Um, and a child who's an only child yeah. and very, very attached to you, which, yeah. you know, literally she slept in our bed like three nights out of seven yeah. until a year and a half ago. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> again, not my intention to be an attachment parent, just happened that Just way. happened, I get it. Um, but um, to answer the caller's question... Yeah. I love the idea that it adds the, the anticipation and the yes. titillation and the unwrapping of the yes. moment and there's ceremony to it and there's there's this kind of celebration about it. I, mm. I love that. I want to be that person. It's one of my – like, Well, what did you, you know, say? I aspire to be maybe the pony girl. I, I, I aspire to be – I'm seeing wet T-shirt competitions. <laughs> I'm seeing uh, Pamela Anderson. Oh, bless you. got to watch that doco. I love Side it. Note. love it. Yep. Um, I agree. I think what you said before about like setting an intention for the year, like being a year of self-love, mm. our caller seems to be talking about, well, you know, you're going to get in the room and your clothes are going to come off anyway. It's not about that. No. It's about setting the intention of the kind of space, headspace. Yeah. Because most women, not all women, hashtag whatever, most women have sex between the years, mm. right? So if you're in that space mentally and emotionally – the physical's going to follow. Yeah. Now, this caller, obviously, her, her lovely lady friend is yeah. ripping her... Straight up, away. She's, you know, ripping the clothes must off. must look good in that and girl. And I'm like, lucky you. For, and, for real. But how exciting is it that she's doing the ripping? Correct. Like, yes. I love that. But also, if you're going... Like, if I put myself in the situation, particularly, again, when I was dating, like when I got divorced... The first thing I thought when I was dating was I'm going to buy new undies and bras. And that is not because I had the intention of anyone seeing them. It was about how it would make me feel. Absolutely. Right, to be in a different frame of mind, um, in a dating frame of mind is the best way I can put it. It doesn't even have to be sexual. But it, I didn't want to have my maternity bras on. No, babe. You know? Because you've got teenage children. <laughs> Why? They're comfortable. I've never known comfort like this. Are you still breastfeeding? (laughs) That's hot. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh, this poor caller. We're so far off track. Look, I reckon if you put on lingerie, like there's lingerie and lingerie. For me, wearing nice undies and bras is lingerie. Yeah. Right? You don't have to, as I said, you don't have to be in the nurse's outfit with the riding crop. But but if you feel sexier in it, mm. then it's worth it. I did. I do remember and I still have them, which is a real <laughs> indicates where I'm at as far as how much I invest in my underwear, which is not much. But I do have a um, pair of uh, crutchless knickers. Oh, which, hello. <laughs> no, but Elle McPherson put it out. Of like, course she did. This is how old they are because I bought them when Elle McPherson first released her lingerie line, which I guess is maybe 20 years ago now. Oh, at least. But um, they're Elle McPherson and they're really kind of sweet and sexy, but they're crutchless. And love. I fucking love those. See, crutchless undies were a staple in the, in the Thomas household for – um, hens nights. So in the in the Thomas family tradition, like you basically become disgusting and like just for one night only, overtly sexual. So if you go, <laughs> what are they? What were they called? Not morning teas, like the thing before kitchen the tea. Kitchen tea. So instead of going with tea towels and whatever that you meant to set up the home with, our sort of you know stupid family tradition was that you'd take penis straws, sure, you know, or crutchless undies. So I see them as a joke. Maybe that's why I'm uncomfortable with lingerie. Because mm. in my mind, it's like it's a joke rather well, than I mean, sexy. There's novelty versions, yeah. right? Yeah. 
And I, you know, as a comedian, I think that's great. I mean, fantastic <laughs> if you get a laugh out of some penis straws. Why would, yeah. why would I? Why would I? Put well, a stop I'm going to say to you, Joe Stanley. I reckon you might want to like crack out the crutchless undies and just give Daz a bit of a show. Well, it's Saturday night. Your feeling could, is all right. I need to <laughs> arrange a sleepover for the child. Yes. Which we, you know, we do yeah, do every yeah. now and then. But, um, yeah, I mean, we. <laughs> I, I'm now thinking maybe my year of self-love should extend to buying some nice underwear for myself so that I feel good in it. Correct. Right? Yeah. In line with my love of my expanding ass. Yeah. Get some really, you know, hot underwear. That I promise you it does actually genuinely, I know we're joking, but it genuinely made me feel different mm. to be in like I bought a bra that had, it wasn't see-through, but it had some see-through parts. The undies, I've still got to wear the big undies. Like I'm not someone who can do the little, you know, G, crutchless G. But they had lace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a bit of something, something. They were both the black. They were They were matching mm. and I felt different. And I think that that's the key. It's not even necessarily about the other person. It's about how do you feel. If you feel stupid in that, don't do it. No, absolutely. It's, I know? think um, sex is about play Yeah, for me. And if yeah. wearing some sexy underwear is playful and fun yeah. and, you know, really kind of adds to the enjoyment of each other. Yeah. How great. And to feel sexy in yourself. That's really awesome. Yeah. I did, uh, you know, we, <laughs> Des and I had a date night once, like planned a date night at home. Willow must have been, I don't know, sleepover. And um, so, you know, we had, I, I had my fancy champagne and he had a fancy bowl of ice cream and we we're going to watch something really, I don't know, something movie that we were really wanting to watch. And so we did that and I drank all the champagne too quickly and then I got diarrhea, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I came back Hot. and he, I know, I came back from the bathroom and he'd eaten all the ice cream without me and I was really, we had this massive fight, right? So I had I had put on my only remaining oh. negligee, right, from oh. when we first started dating yeah. and I stormed upstairs and went to bed <laughs> and kind of hoped that he would follow, right, you know. And whilst I was waiting for him to follow, I fell asleep. Oh. And he came in and he t- he took a photo, God bless him, because <laughs> it's pretty funny, um, of the fact that as I had sort of light on my lay light on my left, yeah. right, falling asleep, my because the lingerie was so old, my left <laughs> boob had fallen oh. out, right? It was just kind of melting into the pillow, into the mattress like a Salvador oh. Dali clock, you know, it was just kind of doing this yeah. sort of thing. Um, so I do think I need some new. He was like, "It's time. It's Get time. Something no, new." I I agree. Mm. Obama himself would say, "It's time." It's time. <laughs> <laughs> Make that investment. All right. Are you ready for another listener call? Yes. Hi, Nelly. Um, newly single here, and um, so I've recently been on a couple of apps. Like very briefly, it's, it's very new and weird to me, but. There's something that I kind of noticed and I don't know if anybody else notices this too, but it's most of the men just seem to list a million places they've traveled to, like they've got all the time in the world. And I mean, wouldn't we all if we had the time, but like as a mom, <laughs> I don't want to like run on their parade, but it just seems like like I'm not enjoying them putting in my face how much they've traveled like oh 59 countries etc I don't know has anybody else noticed this like is it off-putting for other women like that that men have just traveled so much and I've barely been anywhere I mean that's just me but anyway love the podcast love single life of us keep it up Joe mm. Stanley. <laughs> well, Daz, um, what do you think of well, that? <laughs> it reminds me of recently. Uh, so his running gag is if we if we split up, he'd have to go and buy a massive fish so he could take a photo yeah. of himself holding <laughs> yes. up a fish for his Tinder profile. And you'd have to start, I am a single mother of daughters. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they hold up fish? Like who fucking is impressed by look at me and my giant fish that I caught? Yeah. It's weird. I mean, yeah, there is no doubt that uh, 
you know, it's well documented. Women carry the load disproportionately and so men probably do get to travel more and get to go fishing and get mm. catch their giant fish. Uh, and that is infuriating, particularly as I witness in my friends who have left their partners, it's because they've realised they're tired of living a life of servitude, mm. you know, like... Or the inequities. The inequities yeah. are making them bitter yeah. and resentful yeah. and they needed to get out whilst they still could like themselves and the world, you know. Mm. So I completely connect with what she's saying and I think, yeah, it's mm. infuriating. It is basically, yet again, uh, that's just basically a description of society in a way, isn't it? It is, and but I think what's different and interesting about this call is that we're used to, we're getting more used to um, the idea of married or partnered women, particularly in straight relationships, saying, you know, there's unfair distribution of labour, mental load, all the things. We still need to talk about it more, but we've got more of an understanding about it. What I think is really interesting, this is clearly a woman in her 40s or 50s who's come out of a marriage or relationship and is like, fuck, it's even on the apps. Mm. You know, like even like from this point, I bet she wouldn't have noticed that in her 20s. Yeah. Like if you'd been introduced to a bloke in your 20s and he'd been to 46 countries, you'd be like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Yeah. Whereas from this age you look at it and go, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And, I mean, you're looking for someone that you feel an equal to, right? Mm. Yeah. That's pretty key. Yeah. In a relationship. Yeah. And so if you're sitting listening to some guy talk about his high life, yeah. oh, fucking kill me. <laughs> and you've been – Parenting yeah. however many yeah. kids disproportionately yeah. for however many years. The only holidays I've been on is Bali where I basically mm. walked around picking up the kids' shit all, yeah. all seven days that we where were I there. I ate margarita pizza three times a day for seven days. Yeah. 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 I was lucky to get to Gold Coast, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to date that guy either. <laughs> it would piss me right off. Do you know what? I think for me it would be if he didn't have kids, it would bother me less. Interestingly, because oh, I think completely. if he had been living the single life and he'd had, you know, girlfriends or whatever and he'd travelled the world, that's completely understandable. If he was a dad who'd done that and his partner hadn't been able to, for example, if that had been, I guess what I'm saying, if that had been at the expense of his family and children, that would piss me off. Mm. But that sort of leads to me to ask the question and I can't comment because it's, I, I don't have lived experience on this. But if I was single with a child or how, I mean I've got one but let's say I have more, um, I'm less interested in someone who doesn't have kids. Ah, so this is a very interesting dilemma because I think I dated some people without kids and I dated people with kids and I reckon there's pluses and minuses to both. If they don't have kids, you don't have to worry about integrating them with your kids. Get it. Like if it becomes long-term, mm -hmm. you're not then kind of going, we have to merge families, Brady Bunch is a fucking fallacy, it's going to be hard work regardless of, you know, different people. If they do have kids though, they understand parenting, hopefully. Hmm. So they understand that you can't be available all the time, that you can't, you know, you're not a single woman who's 25. Yeah. So there's definitely pluses and minuses to both. Yeah, but I, for, for exactly the reason of this caller, I think mm. I would be more inclined to have something in common yes. with a person yeah. who understands, sorry, I can't do that because I've got to do basketball training, yep. I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Kids sick, got to cancel. Yeah. The yep. ideal scenario, if I was to imagine, now, see, I'm imagining my single life now. Mm. Um, mm. The ideal and your lingerie. And the lingerie <laughs> I would wear, Nelly. People would be that, – that, that would be my number one thing on Tinder. Joe McPherson. Yeah, yeah I, I love lingerie. Um, no, if I was to – my ideal scenario would be a person who has children who are now in their 20s. Oh, couldn't agree more. Someone with grown-up children. Been, Absolutely. Been through it. Yes. But no need for real blending. And also where you aren't going to ever be asked to be their parent. Yeah. You know, because they're already adults. And I think particularly for women who are – for straight ladies who are looking for blokes, I always say look at the single dads. Yes. Right? If they're a good single dad, if they're the fucking Disney dad and they're fucked off and they see the kids and they only take them to, you know, the show, mm. no. 
red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah. But if they're a really involved, great dad, yeah. this is a really big green flag for any kind of relationship. They're obviously capable of compassion and love and loyalty and dedication. Yeah, and they so understand tick, tick, tick. the complexities of life. And they're not going to be yet yeah, hassling you if you have to do parent-teacher night. Also, I think that having a child can make an adult out of a child. Oh, for sure. So if you are mm. a 55-year-old man who's never had children, I think you can be a little Peter Panny. It's possible. Yeah, or woman, I will say. Mm. Yeah, it is definitely possible. Not to suggest my husband is a giant child. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, a lot of a lot of the women in particular who ring into this podcast and some of the co-hosts we've had have basically said everything fell apart in the marriage when I had children, and I could no longer mother mm. my male partner. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. I wasn't I wasn't prepared to mother. A yeah. grown man. Yeah. So I, I've one of the th- things that I've said to Darren, I will never do. Yeah. <laughs> Pegging. No. It's yeah. Scratchless um, <laughs> undies. <laughs> no, I will never pick his underwear up off yeah, the floor. Right. That's and I will line. never iron something for him. Yeah. But because I say to him, I, I, I want to, I want to look at you and want to have sex with you. I don't want to have yeah. sex with an adolescent boy. No. Correct. That's what I'd be treating you like an adolescent boy. That's yeah. not hot. No, that's right. I'm not your mummy. Yeah. Yeah. We've veered way away oh, from this poor caller. <laughs> I think what we're saying is we both I understand. Think she's right. That's we what understand saying. the rage. And yeah. I think actually most with or without children, most middle aged women will understand this. It is actually about looking at what's a fully functional, um, grown up, grown ass human being. Uh, how do they live their life? But also, I think it really speaks to what they value in themselves. If yes. that's if you're if you have to write yourself on a page and this is like I do teaching in personal brands so I mm. kind of are really mm. alert to this that that's what they've chosen to put down mm. to define who they are Travel. I've traveled mm. oh okay rather than I've you know nurtured dogs mm. or you know I, I I like really nutritious food or mm. whatever the thing is that you put on the page you've made that choice so you his values are around something very superficial See, that's so interesting because for me, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here because I'm like, I already live in, I'm nurturing job, I'm nurturing dog territory and I'm a carer and I want to talk about disability and I want to, you know, I'm already in that space. So if I see someone go, oh, we're going to talk about travel, I'm like, great. Like, take take me out of my reality. Mm, but that's 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 opposite to what our caller wants. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. She's looking for a partner. Yeah. Turns out the two of you are different. I'm looking for a date, but I'm not looking for a date. I'm, yes, yeah. lovely Lauren. I'm not yeah, looking no. for a date, but I'm yeah. saying you know it's what you're drawn to, particularly in an app situation. It might be. It depends what you're looking for at that, that time. Mm. Oh my god. All right, we're going to finish with uh, two quick segments. Uh, one is we do this regularly. It's called No Shade on My Ex But. It's a bit like I'm not racist, but. Yeah. Right? Yeah, shade. Yeah. Shade yeah, away. Yeah. What's the stupidest thing an ex of yours has done? I had, I've had real trouble kind of thinking about that. Maybe no one's done anything dumb. Well, not not in any kind of way where I'm like, oh, you know, I can't believe this arsehole did that. Like I feel I did terrible things. Oh, tell us something stupid well, you I did. Well, I do remember because back in the day before mobile phones, Yeah, I remember just – not like wanting to break up with someone. We weren't like officially, like seriously dating, but we kind of were dating regularly. Yeah. And um, because I was so bad at difficult conversations, um, I just moved. <laughs> house or cities? House and didn't give him Countries. my new phone number. Just- <laughs> I just moved. And the poor fucker was calling my ex-housemate and she's oh. like, oh, no, she doesn't live here anymore. And he's like, What? what? Oh, that's a chronic ghosting. Terrible. What an awful oh my person God. I was. What were you, 20? Yeah, like 20, yeah. 22, 3, something yeah. like that. For people, the young people listening, that's literally, I mean, I'm not even joking. So we only have landlines. Yeah. So you'd have a phone number and you only answer it if you were there. You can't follow, you don't take it with you to the next house. So you just parked <laughs> <don't> <laughs> <laughs> And then, of 
course, because I'd met him at the ESPY and, of course, we're still going to the ESPY, so then lived in terror that oh. I might bump into him and, and he'd be like, incognito. ah, what the fuck happened? Oh, my God. So I never did. So Yeah, all right, well, don't him. do that. No, it's a terrible <laughs> thing to do. You can't do that now. Everyone no. can find you everywhere. It's a nightmare. No, but also, you know, the lesson there is learn how to have a hard conversation. Yeah, which, you know, I'm going to give you a pass there, Joe. Like no one knows how to do that when they're 20. Oh, thanks. Like no. for real. Yeah. Like you wouldn't do that now. No, God, no. But you my, you know, to me, I don't know, I had guys who weren't particularly respectful or whatever, but I can't think of a moment where I was like, oh, man, what an awesome thing to do. No. Yeah, yeah. And if you were, let's put yourself imagining that you were in the situation where you were dating now. Mm. You know the TikTok sensation, he's a 10 butt. Oh, yes. He's a 10 butt. Yeah. He's a 10 butt, you know, I don't like his glasses. Fucking doesn't matter what it is. Mm. What would be your superficial deal breaker? You've got to own the superficial. Own it. Beards. Beards. I mean, like a lumberjack. I think some beards are okay, but you know the beards that look like. Look like a bee beard, yeah, yeah, like a bouffant, <laughs> like they're so thick yes. and like really, really in your face. Yeah, oh, I don't want to kiss that. that just... So, is it a hygiene issue? Like, do you think, oh, there's saliva in that, there's whatever's mm, in it? I think it's the texture, maybe it's the, the texture. feeling of it. Although, I can't say I've ever kissed a man with a beard like that, but um, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> To get confused whether it's his beard or my pubes. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my God. Like, what am I looking at there? <laughs> I am not letting my Mapatazzi compete with your Facebook like I love so many things about this. The first thing is I love the assumption that he's going to be going down on you and that should be the assumption. That is a fucking deal breaker too if he's not going down. Amen, sister. But also the idea, like there's so few women of our age now who are even prepared to admit that they have pubes. Well, to be honest, I don't. But (laughs) (laughs) That's even funny. Yeah, I don't look at it and suddenly I've grown one. You see a beard and you immediately go merkin. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Look, I don't know. I mean, I I did have trouble because I had trouble thinking of this because, I mean, genuinely the biggest deal breaker for me would be neoliberalism. Oh, political views. But that's not trivial. The purpose of this is trivial. And I guess because I tolerate so many things in Daz that I want to fucking stab him. Yeah, yeah. That's that marriage, I kind of went, oh, what is it? But it is what beard. Is it? Yeah, beard. Do you know what, though? On the neoliberalism, my favourite podcast, Dan Savage from mm. Savage Lovecast, he, he coined the phrase, don't fuck Nazis. Yeah. Right? He's the most open-minded, like, you'd fucking do polyamorous, do whatever you want to do, root however you want to do. Like, everything's on the table, mm. but someone sits down and tells you they're a Republican, get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just no. In Trump's America. Yeah. He's like, out. They, they don't get access. And there's something to that. I just, there's something I to that. just can't imagine yeah. tolerating those values. No, nah. nah, same. Same. And we've talked about kindness. Yeah. There's no kindness there. Yeah. No, you drop somebody racist, homophobic, whatever, I'll come out. Mm. I'm out. Yeah. I don't care how hot or you are. Or even classism. Totally. Ugh. All the things. Yuck. All Fuck the off. things. No. And we're not talking little, no. you know, accidental things. We're talking you're a fucking full-blown asshole. Mm. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how hot you are. people like that. There really are. Yeah. Someone's fighting for them. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> Joe Stanley, what a delight. Oh. If you think that I'm not leading the promo of this episode with your Merkin, <laughs> you are out of your mind. <laughs> Right, of all the beautiful, deep and lovely sharing vulnerable things you've said, I don't care. What I care is the lumberjack between your legs (laughs) giving you your pubic hair back. (laughs) It's quite an image. It's quite an image. It's etched into my brain. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, darling. Bye. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.